capitalist system And I'll tell you the reason why It has caused me so much suffering And my dearest friends to die Well, I know you all are wondering What it has done to me um, Okay, well, so here's an introduction I am going to uh. tell you <laughs> Get myself centered here. Uh, knowledge is power, and that power needs to be weaponized. Our education will be our freedom, our tool to ensure our oppressors hold no power over us. There can be no revolutionary movement without revolutionary theory. So it's time to get reading. Welcome to the new. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> you were. I was sitting here like he's doing it. <laughs> he's doing it. Holy shit! Okay, take two. Take one's for sure staying in there, too. <laughs> Knowledge is power, and that power needs to be weaponized. Our education will be our freedom, our tool to ensure our oppressors hold no power over us. There could be no revolutionary movement without revolutionary theory, so it's time to get to reading. Welcome to the No Power Book Club. It's too much? Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. Well, this is, uh, this is the introductory episode to the No Power Podcast. Yeah, Insa- <laughs> I mean, uh, who 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 thought we would have done it? We uh, talked about it. I feel like we we've had we've we've had the idea for so many so many years, even overdoing uh, stick to your guns of trying to do something like this. Or or I know I mean, it's taken yeah. on many forms. Um, and as a person who listens to a podcast maybe twice a year, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would actually be uh, at least attempting to do one. So, well, here we are. Yeah, We're trying. Exactly. We're trying something. Um, okay. So this, uh, I guess we should make our voices known or who's not. I mean, who's you, who? Who's who? I, I'm the neurotic one. So <laughs> that's my voice. Uh, I'll, I'll most likely just be laughing the whole time. So if you, if you hear laughing, it's Jesse. And if you hear, if you hear a, uh, what sounds like Bernie Sanders' son screaming and going insane, then it's probably George. That's me. Okay, yeah. So I'm George. That's Jesse. Uh, and uh, this is our attempt at some kind of podcast. Right. Okay. So... I'm going to pose to you a uh, question, Jesse. Please do. It's 2019. Mm -hmm. The world is on the brink of collapse. Mm -hmm. Anthropogenic climate change will usher in total ecological obliteration if we do not radically transform our energy source within the next 10 years. Experts predict that we will be seeing another economic collapse within the next couple of years, worsening the economic precarity that we all live in, leading capitalism to more desperate measures. Fascism is out in the open, and its followers are flagrantly gathering in the streets. Under the public protection of the state, 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 44 million Americans are without health insurance. Life expectancy has declined for three straight years. We are having a semantic debate about what is and isn't the concentration camp. And you and I are starting a fucking book club. (laughs) So what the fuck are we doing here? Well, I guess the attempt was... To try to educate ourselves. And I always think that that was an important thing. And like many people, the idea of, of uh, especially in hardcore, you always roll your eyes at the punks who always felt like they were holier than now and they read so much and they, oh, I know everything and blah, 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 this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. Um, and it wasn't until, until um, you know, I started seriously listening to propaganda. Like, you know, I've said this in many interviews. They were a band that was incredibly important to me. And when I was younger, 
I loved it just based on its angst and its snottiness and mm-hmm. its um, just overall uh, frustrated sound. Um, and that was enough for me. But as I got older and started listening more to the lyrics and reading more of the inserts and saying, seeing reading lists and seeing documentary lists and seeing all these things to help me uh, better grasp the things that they're saying so that what they're, so it's almost as, it's almost like, um, um, when I went, okay, for example, when I first went to Disneyland, when the Indiana Jones ride opened, oh, fuck yeah, you've been, you've been there and maybe you have, maybe if people listening, they haven't been there, but they have all these like hieroglyphic looking things throughout the line while you're waiting. Right. And when, uh, when it first opened, it was sponsored by AT&T. And so when you were standing in line, AT&T had this little thing, this thing that they gave you so that you could translate what all those little symbols were. And so you could like. Oh, you know, it, it was it was sick. amazing. So you're standing in this line that was. I mean, if you go today, if we were to go today, it's still you're waiting an hour, hour easy, and a half. Easy. So the day the day it opened, you were waiting as a three hour wait, at least. Easy. You know, you, you you're probably just only riding that once in the whole day of being there for how long you're waiting. So they tried to do this little thing to make it bearable, and so that's almost like what these reading lists were for propaganda. I felt like like read these books understand what we're talking about i'm seeing the truth right <laughs> exactly yeah and so seeing behind the curtain exactly and 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 uh you know with our first book book american fascists and chris hedges was definitely one of those people and 100 chris um uh hannah singer mm-hmm. of propaganda you know directly quotes chris hedges and a lot of his things right in his lyrics and the things that he says so uh, I felt like what a what a what a good uh, first book and and first author to start with, and I guess you know to to answer your question without remaining a little uh, with without not being too long winded here it's it's uh, I think it is important you know and and I know that sometimes education or, or or the idea of reading can seem daunting especially for someone like me and I you know I always like to start projects and things um, around ways that I want to better myself mm-hmm. right so I feel like doing something like this it'll help me stay more um, consistent in in educating myself or at least researching things that I'm interested in and hopefully start debates with people. And, and you know, because the whole thing right now that a lot of people complained about, especially centrists, uh, and I use that word in a derogatory fashion. Oh, that's a big, that's a, that's a big ro- eye roll from us, folks. <laughs> is, um, is, oh, the left and the right can't even talk to each other anymore. And we need to have open conversations. And I agree with it. Sure, and I th- sure. And I hope, that these, I hope that these books or these, this, the idea of this quote unquote club can spark something like that. Um, and thus, you know, um, uh, breeding a kind of a, um, a, op- a level playing field for everybody to kind of get on the same page and, and maybe even spark a new idea for somebody. Sure. The discourse, right? Exactly. Yeah, I I definitely. uh, Yeah, that's what I think about this whole project or this idea. You know, I look at it like an outlet to sort of uh, discuss revolutionary or radical theory thoughts and stuff like that. Because, you know, I I know we do that uh, on stage, you know, and through our band and through our art with Stick to Your Guns. But, you know, oftentimes it's kind of dressed up in metaphor where you can't fit everything in the song because, right. you know, we're strapped for time with lyrics or whatever. So it's a chance to really zero in on some topics that I feel are important, maybe necessary for us to be discussing, uh, I guess, giving us an outlet for a more like nuanced and uh, detailed discussion. But uh, I think it's important to state that from the outset that uh, I harbor no delusions about this. Like, I do not believe that this, what you and I are doing here, or even what we do on stage, 
is, you know, a substitute for, you know, real direct action or real mobilizing or organizing. And I think that's kind of a problem that we see amongst, I guess, younger kids with their activism right. and stuff like that. It's or like even some of our full-grown adult peers in yeah. bands yeah. who think that their shows are actual demonstrations and so on and so forth. No, it's, I mean, but straight up, you know, we, uh, I think it's supplemental, you right. know, and I think it, I think it's good. It's good stuff, but, you know, direct action gets the goods and, you know, this is, this is maybe a means to educate and to inform, but I don't think it, I don't think it's a, a substitute for the real McCoy, as I said. Right. Um, and yeah, I, it's an expression of political beliefs and agenda, but I don't view it as like actual political work necessarily. Right. You know, again, it complements it, but it's, uh, it's, well, it complements it. And at times it is radical. I guess what we do, you know, maybe some of the stances that we take or, you know, the things that we say on stage, they are radical, but I don't think it can be mistaken for actual political praxis. That's P R A X I S praxis, meaning the uh, practical application of a theory. So if we act as though all we have to do is get up on stage and play our songs or read this or that book and our work is done, then we will never truly be free. Totally. Uh, So, what are our goals? What are we looking to accomplish here? I mean, I just want to, you know, the way that propaganda or other, not even just them, Ignite and um, other bands that, that I was uh, loved so much that helped, you know, kind of be like, hey, but almost in a, almost like in a corny kind of PSA way going like, hey, man, reading's not nerd. <laughs> reading's not just for nerds. <laughs> no, you know totally. what I mean? It's like it, it's it is important in, in, in multiple different ways and, and just just to exercise your mind and and. Uh, you know, in, in a, especially in an age, and I hate to be the guy who's like, technology is running our world. And, you know, you sound like a an old bastard whenever you do sure. that. Everyone's glued to their phones. It's like, I'm so fucking bored of that, of that, of that statement. It's the worst thing. It's take. true, but it's like, just shut up. You know what I mean? Just shut the fuck up. I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that reading is, can kind of combat that. You know what I mean? It's, 100%. You know, you got to take care of your body. You got to take care of your mind. You got to take care of the spirit. And uh, I think this is one uh, one one way among many to do so. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I want to use it as you know a sort of opportunity to make, I guess, radical or educational theory you know more accessible. Totally. Um, because you know a lot of it is wrapped up in jargon right. and you know academia bullshit or whatever. Um, but I think you know we can do good work in trying to you know break this stuff down, get people thinking, you know. Right get the old gears turning. Um, but, you know, I don't want to say that this is, you know, an exercise in being like anti-intellectual or, right. you know, we're like trying to uh, the, stay away from that stuff. Right. You know, all, right. the, all the people in the universities and the, their ivory towers, you know. Right. I'm not saying that words are cool and beautiful and learning new words is important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, learning new stuff is uh, it's great. It's fun, beneficial, better uh, to help you, you know, understand the world and shit. But uh, yeah, I I I'd like for this to be an outlet for us to be able to do that. Yeah, uh, and 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 definitely talk about things that um, I think I think that people like. For me, I think when I was you know even even now I'm not even when I was younger, you hear a word like fascist, mm-hmm. and it sounds dramatic. Right. Or it sounds like you don't even know what that really means or you think you really only apply fascism to like Nazism mm-hmm. or like the Nazis. Of course. And and um, that whole situation. And y- y- that's pretty much to the to the generic person. 
who hasn't really researched what fascism is in its in its in its mm-hmm. uh, essence, that's what they get. They, they conflate get what, the two. No, exactly. It's like okay, well, we're looking at we know, when I say when someone says fascism on stage, a lot of the times I feel like or or anywhere in any mm-hmm. in any arena or on, in any venue or on any stage. Um, people tend to roll their eyes and be like, oh God, this person is being so melodramatic because right. a fascist is um, like in Indiana Jones. That's right. what That's Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones is fighting. And, and the last time, uh, you know, and we go like, well, I'm not seeing any people's faces melt off. So, <laughs> yeah, you know I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm not, well, actually I am seeing them see Kyle. So now right. I'm confused. <laughs> exactly. I am seeing them see Kyle and I am seeing them like with swastikas. So to- I guess totally. like, yeah, now I'm even more confused. And but. so like things like that and, um, become people go like kind of roll their eyes as if it's like too um extreme extreme or, of a sentence know, it's a loaded word or something or, like exactly that. Yeah. exactly or a word i should say and then you say something like socialist or communist and then it's like that kind of warrants the reaction that i feel like people should be having over a word like fascist actual fascist right and so um so yeah, I mean, I, I want to get into those topics, and I wanted to get into many other things. And obviously, I don't want this pod, podcast to be completely humorless. But I think with you and I doing it, I think that'll be impossible. Well, but, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be shitting our britches <laughs> over shit over here. But uh, yeah, I, I um, yeah, just kind of get into get into some things, and and hopefully myself learn. Um, because even just like you know when you posted that most recent post on on the on the Instagram on the no power book club Instagram, I saw a conversation already sparking, you know yeah. what I mean? People just talking about like, okay, well what about this? And what about that? What about this? And I was just like, already I'm just like, hell yeah, this yeah. is already doing what I, awesome. what, what I'm wanting to kind of happen and people to, to, uh, engage in that. Yeah. Because like, like we were talking about before, it's, you know, I don't, I don't blame anyone for being, um, jaded, about the American political system. Yeah, or uh, cynical. Or about, right, yeah. right. And, all and, all and, of that outrage is absolutely valid. Right. Um, but even more so than the outrage, all of the, like, just apathy. Yeah. Like, I don't really care. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, this other way is easy. Because mm-hmm. I'm guilty of the same shit. Oh, we all I get are. home from tour, and, 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 you know, the things that are happening in the world are continuing to happen. And a lot of the time, <laughs> especially in the last four years, they've seemed to have gotten worse. Yeah. But I'm just like, I just got, I just got off a plane. Please don't make me do anything right now. I just want to, you know what I mean? I just yeah. want to watch fucking I, Mad Men or whatever they're watching out there. I only want Stranger Things <laughs> and my exactly. vegan and my vegan cookies. That's all right, I want exactly. right now. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm literally one step up above just having an actual baby's bottle. <laughs> Laying on the couch with my bottle, sucking it, and just watching mindless, no, 100%. mindlessly watching TV. So, um, like I said, you know, I, I hope that this will keep me more, um, um, dare I say, the word militant in my quest for uh, research and education. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, okay, so here's a crazy question to ask. All right. Uh, or, well, you would think it's crazy. Well, you would think it's not. Cr- I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this seems like a self-evident thing, uh, but it's 2019 and shit is fucked. So here we are. Why is education necessary? Why is critical analysis important? And how does this shape our worldview? Well, I think it's also important to state with that question um, the difference between schooling and education. And I think a lot of people do know that difference yes. now, especially when they're riddled with so much debt. And um, you know, I'm, I'm the classic student i'm the classic american public school student 
I never wanted to go to school. I never gave a shit about anything unless it was easy, right? And the only thing easy to me, and maybe it was easy because I enjoyed it, were my music classes. So that was the only time I ever paid attention. And when anything came to reading or math or blah, 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 you know, in high school, I was taking classes called reading improvement because I spent so much time not reading <laughs> as a kid that I pretty much, you know, honestly, in, in a weird way, I was learning how to read in high school. You know what I mean? Like in high school, I was reading books like Holes. And like, that's what you hey, read when you were in the third great, grade. Great book. Great book. Great book. Stanley Yelnuts. Absolutely. And it's like, so I'm not some, I'm not this person who was like, had this professor father who, you know, taught me the the value of reading since I was young or, or whatever. Um, but, I, you know, like, um, you know, uh, in the words of Jimmy Iovine, um, you know, or, or I guess from Jimmy Iovine's perspective, he had to learn work ethic. Yeah. And I felt like I had to learn that about reading. Yeah. And to this day, I still get the same kind of feeling when I pick up a book, like, what else can I be doing? You know what I mean? But the more I learn, the more I actually dive in, and the more I'm like, whoa, okay, it's something, this is sick. I love this right now. And so it's, you know, it's almost like you have to train yourself. Um, but I think that, you know, like I was saying, the difference between education and, and, and schooling are two vastly different things. I feel like once I dropped out of high school, which is pretty much halfway through my sophomore year and going on the road, I would start taking these books on the road with me and reading and then like reading about things I wanted to read about, right. reading about things I was actually interested in and not kind of bogging myself down with things I didn't really give a shit about. Um, and that's not to say like, I don't, I'm not just like, you know, I, I sometimes make the argument like there, I, I have a very anecdotal kind of story about me and this kid that I went to high school with. And we had two classes together, math and English. And in English, I really liked, cause we were reading about story. I always liked stories. I never was like a, uh, I was never a, a strong reader, but I loved stories. And so my, my mind thrived in there when it ever came to like writing or making a story or whatever it was or dissecting a story, I, I thrived in that environment. And he, this kid just, he was the kind of kid who had like his, his, his Moby Dick open, but he had like his math book <laughs> inside of it. You know what I mean? And then I okay, go to yeah. math and he's just motherfucking, you know what I mean? It's just like, you see him. You see it, you know, you see it in his face like this is where my brain belongs. This is where my this is this is my environment. And and then I'm the opposite way. I'm just like, oh, my God, fucking when is this over? Just end me. Yeah. You know, and so I always make the argument just like let him do it. And if I have a question about I'll go, numbers, I'll go to him. I'm just going to go to him. I'm going to delegate. You know what I mean? I'm just going to be like, OK, hey, guy who's probably figured out all these things and problems with the world and in that are involved in engineering and all these things, let him be that guy. Don't right. make him do these things. But I do believe that, you know, education should be well-rounded sure. to a certain degree, but I just feel like, you know, it can be done better. You no, know what I mean? Abs- absolutely. You know, the whole, there's that Einstein quote, I'll botch it, but it's just like, if you judge a fish's ability to climb a tree, or if you judge a fish based on its ability to climb a tree, it's going to go its whole life thinking it's stupid. You know what I mean? And Fuck, so it's I've actually like, never heard that quote. Right. It's and a great quote. It's something like that. I, I know right. I'm fucking it up. No, but I get I get the point. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's like I feel like that's kind of what we have. And, you know, this um, uh, Ken Robinson said uh, that, um, you know, the the American public schooling system, it's pretty much just like who can who can graduate the most amount of people. Of course. You know what I mean? Because the people who pass the most 
students get the most money, mm-hmm. get the, the awards. It's blah, a broken blah, blah, system. Blah. Right. It's a very broken system. And so, you know, you're not actually engaging in conversation with with these students and, and kind of seeing. And I understand it's got to be a hard job, especially a class of 30 people. And you're having to deal with someone like me who's constantly disrupting. Right. So it's like I'm not saying it's just like it's it's an easy switch. Nothing is. Everything's complex. But yeah. I think, you know, letting people or giving at least giving a young person the opportunity to kind of decide what they're interested in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, is is important yeah. instead of telling them what, okay, this is important, that's not. Right. You know what I, I agree. Mean? And or or like also Ken Robinson says, which this kind of ties into the what we're trying to do here and the, the themes that we're going to discuss is that the hierarchy of subjects mm-hmm. in public schooling are the same since the industrial revolution. Right. And they were created for the industrial revolution. They're, I mean, they're created to churn out workers. So so we have these uh, we have these teachers and professors meant to be educating young people for a future that we don't even know what it's going to look like in in five years time. Right? right. So by the time they even get out of school, all the things they have learned, it's a different world now. Right. Right. And we're, we have, we're facing different problems because now with how fast everything moves, which is great, technology is, you know, speeds everything up, but it also, I find it speeding up a lot of problems. Right. And creating new problems every year. Just fucking read a book. Yeah. Read a goddamn book. It's important. And, um, yeah, so we'll, you know, I'm I'm looking forward into uh, into uh, people have already been suggesting books for us to read and things like that. So I'm looking forward and seeing what what's important to everybody and the things that they want to kind of discuss and get into. Yeah, well, not to get all sermon on the mound here <laughs> uh, or get on my soapbox, you know, but I uh, I am of the belief, and I I believe that almost everybody is of the belief. Maybe not nihilists, but everyone is of the belief that you know our education will be our liberation or at least show us the path to our liberation. Right. Uh, and I think we have to critically analyze the material world to better understand it. So it's only through critical and material analysis that we can sort of demystify the world and, you know, well, see, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. When you say to liberate ourselves, <laughs> what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I would. I know that's a loaded question. It's a because it, a, a lot of people. I think that a lot of people, when I say things like that, or or in any sort of quote unquote revolutionary conversation, sure. we say things like to liberate ourselves or blah blah blah. A lot of people are like, "Well, I, I'm free. I'm good. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm I'm liberated. I can get up and go to Target whenever I want. I can walk and go to Trader Joe's. I got money in my bank account. My rent's paid. My gas tank's full. Sure. You know. Well. As Me and my family get along. All my friends are great. So, so that you know, I'm saying no. That's fair. And, and it's because I feel this. I, I got to be honest. I, sometimes I feel the same. I, I, I'm conflicted with those same kind of thoughts and feelings of like absolutely. You know what I mean? They're selfish feelings because I know that it's not a free world unless, or a free country. I guess I should say unless all of its people are free you're right yeah no one gets free until we're all free absolutely well you know when when you ask that question the first thing that came to mind is this uh, there's this quote from uh rosa luxemburg german revolutionary where she said you know those who do not move do not notice their chains mm-hmm. uh and you know there are while you know while you and i might have or might be living a privileged life that allows us Definitely. to feel free which right. you know we absolutely are you know, there are clearly others that we can see every day. I mean, turn on the news and right. all you're going to see is footage coming out of the concentration camps. Right. And it's, you know, it's like propaganda said, you know, 
that's exactly why privileged fucks like me will whine and kick and scream yeah. until everyone gets everything they need. Right. You know, I'm biting the hand that feeds. Right. Uh, and yeah, I think, th- I think that's what's, uh, you know, what's important about being an ally. I think it's about, you know, important about, you know, showing solidarity with, you know, people who are living under the oppression, whether that's under, you know, imperialist oppression or, you know, economic oppression, you know, from right. the, from the economic system that they live in. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a broad term to talk about, you know, liberation in general, right. but I think uh, I think once you start having the conversation, you can clearly identify who the oppressed and who the oppressors are. Definitely. Um, but you know, so when when we talk about education and you know when we talk about material analysis, uh, I just you know it'll it'll be something that comes up often throughout the podcast. So I thought it'd be good to you know clearly define it. Um, you know, we're talking about using materialist as meaning. F- things relating to or concerning the physical it's not like you know sometimes people say oh they're materialists you know and they're talking about like more so consumerism or something like that but you know we're talking about like an analysis of what is real right um you know so i think it's important to identify that um so (laughs) not to hit everyone with you know some marks out the fucking gate here but uh (laughs) he wrote about this endlessly um about you know our ideology and how it shelters us uh, and he talked about how our ideology arises out of the gap between how things appear to be versus how things really are. Right. And uh, Slavoj Žižek talks about it, um, he calls it the trash can of ideology, <laughs> claiming that uh, he is eating out of it all the time. Even right. when he thinks he's not eating out of the trash can of ideology, he is. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. I already am eating from the trash can all the time. The name of this trash can is ideology. The material force of ideology makes me not see what I'm effectively eating. It's not only our reality which enslaves us. The tragedy of our predicament when we are within ideology is that when we think that we escape it into our dreams, at that point we are within ideology and you know most times we are unaware of how our ideology uh, affects us and how it deludes us or impedes our thoughts um, but we develop this ideology to uh, sort of cope with how offensive our reality is right so you know you and i thinking sometimes like oh no life's pretty good it's pretty great got some things going on you know that's our ideology telling us that so we can cope with the reality that this world is you know, actually exists. And, you know, we much rather be blinded by an ideology that comforts us uh, rather than confront the truth. It's a uh, permanent state of illusion or self-delusion, as Hedges says, where a uh, magical type of thinking is used to just make it to the end of the day. Definitely. And to go to go a little bit further on this, just because I think it's important, um, Zizek, uh, he, he talks about it in his movie. Uh, it's called... He, uh, what's it called? The uh, the Pervert's Guide to Ideology. Yep. And he talks about the John Carpenter movie They Live uh, to demonstrate his point. And he talks about the scene where <laughs> uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper is tr- trying to uh, get his friend to put the glasses on to show him how the world really is. It's a beautiful metaphor. Uh, and his friend is so fucking mad that they just start beating the shit out of each other. Because Roddy <laughs> is like, put these fucking glasses on because you're going to see what the world's really like. 
and Zizek goes on to say it's uh, that's because the breaking down of ideology is a painful experience. Definitely. You know, to step outside of this ideology, it, it fucking sucks. Uh, and you must force yourself to do it um, because you must force yourself to be free. And if you trust your sense of well-being that, or you trust yourself like, oh, I'll do the right thing. I know I'll, I'll see the world for what it is or I'll, I'll go this, that or the other way without confronting the ideology that obscures what the world is from you, you'll never be free. Um, and Zizek ends it by saying uh, the truth is freedom hurts. And I, I think about that often, you know, when, when we're having these conversations with people um, because... It it sucks when you are having the conversation and you know these people are willfully wanting to deflect or avoid some of the hard truths. Definitely, because I feel like, I mean, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah, who I love. I know a lot of people uh, might have their issues with him, but um, he he has a quote that's just absolutely beautiful when it comes to debating. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he says this to debate someone is to imply that whoever is the most convincing is correct. And that's not how knowledge works. And I've, I always love that, that quote. And I think that, that that's absolutely correct is people kind of have their, their kind of slings and arrows of, 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 they got their arrows in there. What's that fucking thing called behind their back? Uh, their arrows are in. Oh fuck. Not a sheath, but like no, a, uh, got a name. It does have a name. You know what I mean? It's like quiver, we, quiver. Oh, is that, that what it is? Yeah, it's it's in your quiver. That's right. That's that's. So they got they got, got their quiver reading. filled with facts, and they just shoot them at each other. And it's almost just like okay, you get hit with one of someone else's of the the opposing team, and it doesn't matter. Right. You just shoot yours back, and there's no real discourse being had. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think that's that's kind of an important thing. And we fill that quiver with these facts, like you said, that uh, that are filled with. Quote, and I use facts and quotes based on our ideology, mm-hmm. and I think it's uh, it's important to kind of to break to break those things down. And and I understand that the empath in me wants to kind of just understand where everyone comes from and how they get to be where they're at. Because you know, you and I talk about this a lot, and I, I'm always constantly saying that we talk about these evil men who are running the country and doing all these things. And it's hard for me to believe that there's a pinky and brain scenario where there's people sitting in a room going like. What can we do now to, to do you know knowingly doing their evil knowingly, um, but the the reality is that's most likely true. I'm sure they have their justifications. Sure, right? Um, Quarters coming up. Exactly. Profits got to stay up. Whatever it you know, is, you whatever know what it I mean? is, I'll lose the company or or you know this will destroy the economy or got to keep America strong. Right. Whatever. Know, whatever this, that, their the other, justification yeah. is, it's it's you know it's uh, so it's important for us to to kind of see those things for like, exactly like you said as they are and not for what we want them to be or or anything other than that. Um, and so yeah, I think uh, I hope that this this situation that we're trying to do here can can also create a discourse like that and help people think yeah myself above all (laughs) (laughs) most importantly both of us right uh okay a couple more questions here uh this one might be a big one so what does it mean to be political uh we hear people decry the politics ad nauseum you know it's screaming about the politics is ruining my thing (laughs) 
you know, but I, I feel it's, you know, just something that people use to either deflect, you know, they don't want to talk about it and by, you know, they don't want to talk about it, meaning they don't want to think about it. Right. Um, and uh, I'm of the belief that, you know, everything is political. Well, I mean, so. yeah, I think that you've, uh, you and I have had this conversation a million times already, right. and I think we both landed on that. It's, that's everything. Everything is political. 100%. It's, you know, the food you eat, the air you breathe, the clothes you wear, where those clothes were made, what those clothes are made of, the mode of transportation you have available to you, you know, break anything down and it's a matter of politics. It's pervasive. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. And the choice to remain apolitical is usually just an endorsement of the status quo, the way things are. Right. So, you know, you can say you aren't political, but all that tells me is you are fine with the status quo and you're fine with this fucked up world. No fundamental changes need to be made. And, uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's what you're saying when, you know, you don't care about politics or, or this, that, or the other. But, uh, you know, who is into politics is your landlord, <laughs> your boss, you know, the corporate overlords <laughs> that govern your life. You know, they love politics Absolutely. And, and they will exploit your apathy to their gain. I mean, I feel like, uh, that was, uh, that was, um, I loved political thought, but I didn't love political action. You know what I mean? Uh, for, for a long period of time there. And I, I became very bitter or very jaded based, uh, you know, on, um, just opening my eyes to the world around me. You know what I mean? And I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, look, I love. I like reading the books. I like listening to the songs. I like doing all that. But I don't want to. What What can I do? You right. You know what I mean. And so, and I feel like that's a huge, huge question. And I get I get into that debate with uh, well, doesn't matter with who, but with certain people, I'll <laughs> say. Of course. And a lot of it is just like, okay, well, if everything's so fucked up, then what's the solution? And then my answer, honest, my honest answer is, I don't know. But I'm gonna find out, right? <laughs> and it's try. always just like, oh yeah, see, you know, you just you just like to complain about the problems that don't offer any solutions, and it's just like, well, I don't, you know, it's almost like what we talk about, like the the quote I say and and the the lyric I have in through the chain link is like, right. can 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 the prisoner not dream to one day be free just because they're in a prison? It's just like that that's 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 the whole thing, right? Right. They don't know how they're gonna get out or if they ever will get out, but it's just like they gotta try. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. You know, maybe maybe that's a bad example because I, you know, or, you know, or or whatever. But it's like that's that's kind of the reality that we're faced with. Um, and like, or or if you're listening and you feel like your life is is pretty good, or you're listening in your car on the way to your job that you that you like, you like your job, and you're going back to your apartment that you like, and that job pays for that apartment, and you got your dog, and you got your whole thing. You know, there are people who are who are um, because you have that don't have anything right and so i think that's important to to recognize and it's the you know um what can we do to help change that for somebody else if you're the privileged person and that's you know the huge topic that people get into about white privilege or 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 whatever and a lot of people roll their eyes at that and it's like no that's that's a very very real thing like we're like we're just talking about right absolutely I'm, i'm great I can put this mic down, not ever read a book again, not do, <laughs> not, I can, you know what I mean? I'm good. Yeah. Check, check right the fuck out. Exactly. I'm fantastic. I, the, I'm, I'm great, but, um, you know, I want a world that's better for everybody. Right. You know, and that's, that's kind of what this, this, even this music was that we're, that we belong to is kind of based in. Um, and that's important. And I don't, you know, I think it's, uh, 
I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, I can't state enough that, again, everything we do in this world is a matter of politics. Right. Uh, and I know that, you know, what you see on CNN or what you see on Fox, you know, you associate only that with politics or, right. you know, the awkward family dinner that you have, you know, once a year at Thanksgiving where, right. you know, you're very upset at your uncle. Right. <laughs> And like, I understand that that's like, you know, what we associate with politics and especially here in America, you know, the culture is, oh, well, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. It's taboo. We can't talk about it. It's like, but we have to talk about it. The problem is, is that we haven't been talking about it. And because we don't talk about it enough that, you know, people just use that to their advantage again and they just steamroll us. Definitely. Um, Okay. So finishing up here. Are we qualified to be doing this? <laughs> I remember you, you asked me that originally when, when the idea came up. And I, I mean, the answer for me is no. no absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. The answer for me is no. But, but you know, I do also recognize the position that you and I are in where, um, you know, we a lot of people kind of are, are admirers of, of the things that we do. And, and just like I was an admirer of, of bands and, and they kind of helped point me in a direction of, of different things to to watch or to read or to listen 100%. to. Hopefully we can kind of do the same. Yeah, that's um, where I'm at. Right, exactly. Absolutely. And that, that, that's the qualification right there. So if you're looking for, <laughs> for if, you, if you want, if you're hoping I have a plaque hung up on my wall or something, I'd, trust me, it's not there. And you should just stop listening now. But, but uh, you know, it's just two idiots discussing their interpretations of 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 people much smarter than them. <laughs> no, and exactly how I feel. You know, my thinking is I, uh, you know, I will absolutely be like parroting so much shit from other podcasts that I listen to, you know, and of course, you know, always, always cite your sources. I did learn that in school. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> always cite your sources. But, you know, whether it's, you know, podcasts like, you know, Red Menace, Rev Left Radio, Coffee with Comrades, citations needed. I'm just going to go through the whole fucking list here. <laughs> Pearls of the Round Table, um, you know, even Trap of Trap House, stuff like this. And these are all nonsense words that I'm saying to people listening. <laughs> um, but hopefully what I can do is I can point people in those directions or, you know, even YouTubers that I really like, you know, big in the YouTube community these days, right. which is insane. But, you know, people like ContraPoints or Philosophy Tube or Peter Coffin and stuff like that. I, I hope that I can point people to that direction, you know, or... It, or, you know, point our big scare quotes here, but fans in that right. direction. Not right. that I'm, yeah, it makes you shiver. Yeah, thinking, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Our fans. It's a creepy I'm try- word. I'm yeah. trying to be our fans. You know, <laughs> I'm not that, but, you know, I want to point people again, like you said, to people who are much more, much smarter, much more qualified, much more qualified <laughs> to be handling this. And so hopefully we can do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we got our first book, American Fascist by Chris, uh, Chris Hedges. And, it's a doozy. It's a it's a it's it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big bummer. Um, extremely relevant today. Definitely. Um, especially with how much you see the word fascism getting thrown around in the media. Right. So, yeah, that's the first book. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll you know we'll kind of. I don't know what the plan was. Maybe you're going to do one at the end of the book and kind of take take questions from people via via Instagram or Twitter and. Um, um, kind of pick our, our favorite ones and, and try to get into things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You can check, you can check it out at the, uh, at the Instagram or the Twitter and kind of engage in discussion as we go along every week. Or, or, uh, if you don't have the book or you're not interested or whatever, but you're interested in, in the, in the, in the context of, of these, of these things then feel free to just kind of stop by and just get involved in the conversation, whether or not you've read it. Um, 
We just want to talk to you people. <laughs> we just want to have a conversation. Talk. We know you're angry. You're frustrated. You're overworked. Point it in the direction. You're you exhausted. Know? Yeah, exactly. There's someone to be mad at, but who? Yeah. Um, well, I will leave the uh, podcast with this quote about education that I found. Uh, it's from the uh, Marxist uh, educational scholar, Paulo Freire, who I hope we read his book. Uh, it's called Pedagogy of the Oppressed, for those of you looking. But his quote is, education is the practice of freedom, the means by which we deal critically and creatively with reality and discover how to participate in the transformation of our world. Love that. All right. When we'll see you folks next time. Inspiration through the workers' blood shall run. There can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. Yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? But the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Who would lash us in the surf? The man would crush us with his might. Is there anything left to us but to organize and fight? For the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Prairies built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. We stand outcast and starve amidst the wonders we have made, but the union makes us strong.